Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg. It's the Football Film Room Podcast. Hello and welcome inside the Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg here in this pre-Thanksgiving edition of the Football Film Room on Twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. And it is a special night. It is the first of our college football playoff rankings shows, Chris, as we broadcast live each and every Tuesday night here on Twitch. That is the night in which the College Football Playoff Committee announces their rankings with tonight here on November 24th being the first and... You know, let's call for what it is, the most irrelevant rankings as it's the first <laughs> of uh, what will be many rankings. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, we want to invite everybody to join us live in our chat room on uh, twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football. And Scott and I were talking about it as we went on the air, and we'd like your feedback. we got some great regular followers and listeners and those of you that want to join us and catch us live. So, they are going to be announcing the official rankings, which, as Scott said, is completely irrelevant at this point because it'll change. But as we go forward, um, love to get – I mean, Scott, what do you think? Let's get feedback from our fans. Would you like us – because as we have the rankings coming out at this time slot, and I believe, Scott, it's going to be at this same time slot that they're going to announce it each and every week. I'm not sure the television production on it, but uh, do folks um, – want us to do we have some flexibility where we can move the show after they announce it and maybe give an hour um after that maybe we can do the show live and spend a little extra time for our listeners on it Uh, how would you like us to break it down uh as the weeks because once we get into the certainly the later Mm -hmm. ones It'll be more intriguing when we get to, all right, look, we've got like 26 days-ish before the the real final rankings, which will be if they do it again. Isn't it going to be, Chris, when is it going to be? I mean, it's, it's going to be usually on a Sunday. So on the Tuesday night when we do this, we, we might be able to do it, uh, adjust to it. So, again, we invite you to give us your thoughts and comments. But I expect, Scott, don't you? Uh, and again, doesn't matter. Uh, Alabama won. Uh, Notre Dame will be. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, yeah, Alabama won. I would say Notre Dame too. You're right yep. because of um, they, you know, they, they beat, beat Clemson. Clemson, and then Clemson, Ohio State, three and four in whatever order you want to put them in. And I think the the only I don't think there's any debate over those four, Chris. I think the only conversation 
that we're going to have tonight when we see these rankings. And we will unveil them live to you right here on Twitch as we get them from the College Football Playoff Committee. Uh, so you don't have to you know, go watch ESPN. You can stay with us. We'll, we'll unveil them. I think the question tonight, Chris, is going to be where's Florida? Where's yep. Texas A&M in relation to Florida? Because yep. A&M did beat Florida. However, mm-hmm. I don't think anybody would argue about which team is playing better right now. And Florida is going to be in the SEC championship game and A&M isn't. So I'm curious to see where the committee puts Florida and where they put A&M. I'm also very curious to see what they do with Cincinnati, mm-hmm. uh, what they do with BYU. I'm still holding out hope, by the way, that BYU and Cincinnati schedule a game. Well, I'm really – we're going to get into BYU in a second. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really <laughs> any, rankled oh, about oh, BYU. Oh, any any team, any time, any place, except yeah, for when we go, don't go, like the situation. <laughs> go, go, go play Washington, BYU. You've lost You've lost everybody's respect there. Yeah. Um, I think some other things, it looks like Wisconsin's game again this week. Is going to be canceled, We've which got, means that they are ineligible for the Big Ten championship correct. game. That's correct. They are. I mean, their season is yeah, is done. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got, we've got. I think now we're up to ten this week as we went on the air. Uh, yeah, Utah, yeah, uh, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, State is just done. Been mm-hmm. So welcome to the season, Utah, Week One, and Bowman. You're off again. Mm-hmm. So th- this season, uh, obviously, the Pac-12 is going to have a hard time it, it getting eligible. Um, I tell you what's interesting. You know, just where they're ranked right now. Uh, where does Indiana get ranked? Where does Northwestern get ranked? You know, how high will Northwestern be if they can, you know, continue to win at least in the West? And we'll see where that plays out. And uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I don't think there's a lot of intrigue. I think the only intrigue is, as you mentioned, for the chaos factor, who's going to be the benefactor if there's chaos? Because I do think that we're looking at uh, Alabama. Ohio State, Clemson, in my mind, those are the teams that have the looks and the likelihood in my mind to complete the schedule and finish strongly. And I think Notre Dame mm-hmm. is in good position with just a good performance. And maybe I don't even need I need to be all that impressive in the loss. If they can just win the rest of their games, I think Notre Dame could be that fourth team. Even just if they be that lose fourth. The, if yes. they lose to Clemson in the ACC Absolutely. championship game, yeah. Uh-huh. So I would want to see again. Because Florida is in a position that's – Florida and AM is in, in a complete opposite situations. And I ask, who would you rather be? Would you rather be Florida and you can control your you – control your – I hate to control your destiny. You can go ahead and take care of your business and mm-hmm. beat Alabama, but – you got to take care of business and beat Alabama. That's not that's not a good situation to be in, but you you can it's in your hands to do or not do it. AM has an easier path. You know, LSU this week, Tennessee in the makeup game. They they're they've got a every game that they play, they are better than their opponent and then they're not going to make the SEC championship game. They will not have to play Alabama again. So they're kind of just kind of, you know, what we're called within basketball, cherry picking, kind of waiting on the back end to get a layout there. They're kind of there. If everybody falls apart, they will just have a good looking record with mm-hmm. one loss and play all their games and, 
it's kind of like A&M would be the option if there's no other option. Um, and the fact that they did beat Florida gives them a little bit of, of an edge. But to me, it, it is immaterial. Maybe it may matter if they're ranked ahead of them or now. Who cares tonight mm-hmm. who's ranked ahead? Um, what it really comes down to is if Florida wins out, they're going to be and wins the SEC championship. They're going to be ranked ahead of AM. And if they don't, they won't. But then that means Alabama's going to be ahead of them. And AM's record against Notre Dame won't be as good. But if Notre Dame loses the game like this week against North Carolina or somebody, you might see them just be in. So as we're looking at it, as this, um, as we're looking at it right now, Scott, is there at 20 Coastal Carolina, 19 North Carolina, um, and down uh, the 15 Oregon, BYU 14, Iowa State 13, Indiana 12, Oklahoma. By the way, Oklahoma, a subtly improving Oklahoma team mm-hmm. all the way up to 11. They're not going to make the playoffs. The Big 12 won't make it. Uh, but Iowa State at 13. Oklahoma at 11, remember, two losses as Iowa State had that tough loss against Louisiana Lafayette early in the year. So Indiana 4-1, and one, well, I say drop. I'm curious, uh, obviously, playing Ohio State. Um, I'm curious uh, if they had not played the Buckeyes where, and they'd be unbeaten where they are. But uh, that is uh, an interesting look here as we wait to get into the top 10. Uh as uh, Miami is at 10 at seven and one. And that's a team that still has a glimmer of hope, but yeah, they, they don't look like a team. It's, I'm talking it's, about a tough, spot. it's it, a tough spot for them because, you know, they, they're going to lose out to Notre Dame was going to play in the, the big, the, the ACC title game against Clemson and Miami could, you know, do what it, they can take care of business for the rest of the season. And they won't play in that ACC championship game. Yeah, just unless Notre Dame implodes, which I don't think it's going to happen. You're right. That's why I was saying they've got an yeah. outside shot. But, you know, no, I, I good season. And by the way, they don't look as like a team that deserves to be any more than, say, mm-hmm. hanging in the, the latter part of the top ten. But then uh, so Miami's at ten. And then Georgia, five and two. JT Daniels, good performance last week, nine. But, again, Georgia's out of it unless Florida implodes. Uh, there's no path, really realistic for Georgia. I put a, an article up on LandryFootball.com, cheap plug, uh, if you want to take a look at it. Uh, and it is a complete examination of all the conference races uh, to take a look, kind of what is the path for every team, go through the conference and see where we go. Uh, Northwestern has uh, opened up in the college playoff rankings at eight, Interesting. Uh, five and oh. So, you know, the question would be, and you know, uh, if they were to run the table and play Ohio State and mm-hmm. Miracle of Miracles beat them, uh, an unbeaten Northwestern, uh, people would say, uh, immediately you say that and it doesn't sound right. And people say, oh, I'm not sure about them in the playoffs. Obviously, it's not something that's realistic that they're going to A, run the table, B, beat Ohio State is a very, very long shot. But interesting that they start out at eight. Cincinnati, seven. So the mm. unbeaten Bearcats are at seven. So you see, and that's about where you thought they would be. So that pretty much clears the way now to see where six and five are going to be 
And I would think at this point that AM would be ranked ahead of Florida. You would uh, Florida, wouldn't you at this point because of the head to head matchup? And they're yeah, just it'll with change, the idea that they're yeah. gonna, it's the idea that they're going to let Florida take care of their business. Mm-hmm. Win out, you know, win the SEC championship. You're going to certainly jump AM. Um, if you don't, then, you know, hey, we got it right. AM's ahead. So uh, it is AM, Florida. Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Alabama. We're down to the final six for those of you that uh, are watching us live, and we hope you are. So it's going to be interesting to see, um, uh, again, how these teams um, finish out the season. But there is no question this is looking very, very chalky, and everybody's got uh, votes for chaos every year, and we kind of look at it as well. But I just don't know that we're going to see a lot of chaos this year. I just don't know that there's going to there's much for that to happen. But you never know. It's been a mm-hmm. weird year. So let me ask you about Cincinnati now. They are the highest ranked Group of Five team in the seven year history of the College Bowl playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, UCF a couple of years ago was number eight. That's the highest that a Group of Five team has gotten. BYU at fourteen. A lot of people are saying that that's disrespectful, but that's an argument for a different day. Does Cincinnati at seven? have a realistic shot in your mind of getting into the top four? No, they, they, they really don't. And I kind of, uh, kind of went over it again today. And if you look at the different op- options and by the way, uh, it's how it's going to be Florida at six and M at five. So we, we, as we expected, that's how it was going to go. And I'll get to your thoughts as um, we unveil it. I'm curious to see with a, you know, they start at four, uh, who they put at four and who they put at three in the first rankings. Again, not that it's going to make a great deal of difference. Um, but I do think it's very difficult. Um, you know, you're not talking about a schedule that's going to match up. And so what needs to happen? I mean, you know, it's, it's going to have to have the chaos that we're talking about with teams losing, um, you know, Alabama somehow, I mean, just you're going to have to have a spot open. And so where does that spot? Somebody has to clap. Notre Dame has to clap. Clemson has to clap. One of those teams have to collapse, and then A&M is going to have to lose. And then, you know, then we have to talk about it and see, but then I'm curious to see who these teams would collapse to. And I just get the feeling that their ceiling is about, six, maybe five, if there's chaos. I don't see a scenario. And as we thought, again, Florida at six, AM at five, Alabama one, Notre Dame two, uh, Clemson at three, and Ohio State's going to be at four. And I'm guessing what they're saying there is Ohio State, you hadn't played enough games. Clemson's lost a game, and we're not going to sweat it too much. We're going to let this play out a little. So again, yeah. Scott, Alabama one, Notre Dame two, Clemson three, Ohio State four, and the first two outside looking in AM with a win over Florida five, Florida six. So and Cincinnati, as you said, uh, the highest ranked ever group of five team is they get the seventh ranking. And look, that's kind of the way it's it's going to go, and we're going to see within those seven any real possibilities of anybody else even being in consideration at this point is not realistic with the, with the possible exception of, yeah, let's, let's have the discussion. If they do it, if Northwestern runs the table and wins out, let's see how high they go. Well, they're eight now. 
you know, certainly they could move up in the top four if they would have went out, including beating, beating Ohio State. That's a that's a big, big ask. Uh, and I'm saying, look, I maybe there's a chance that Cincinnati could get to number four at some point before the final ranking is released, but they will not make the college football playoff when that final ranking is released because the way that the the SEC and ACC title game will play out, and you know there could be a situation like, look, they might have, uh, a, a, they might decide to put, you know, Cincy ahead of somebody. But then somebody's going to leapfrog Cincy. You know, let's say Florida does beat Alabama in the SEC championship game. Well, Florida and Alabama are getting in. So it let, even if it's a situation where Notre Dame or somebody loses, and let's say the rankings come out a week before the SEC championship game, and it's Cincinnati at number four, hold your horses because, you know, what happens in the SEC title game, Florida would then leapfrog them. You know, it's, I just think that there's too much going against them. Yes, right yeah, and I don't think they can get up to four at all, even before it. In fact, I, I would, first of all, their schedule doesn't allow it. I mean, they just don't have anybody that they would beat that would necessitate. Again, barring collapse, but as you mentioned, and and, and they would deny this to, to the Hills, but they don't want to put them up to four and then move them out because then mm-hmm. that's the optics of, well, wait a minute, you moved them up to four. What did they do? You know, you know, I think their ceiling is where they He's are. Five, with, yeah, or maybe yeah, even five. Yeah. I, I think it's five and, you know, I think it's five, six or seven. And, you know, I think if AM were to get upset by an LSU or somebody, um, you know, they certainly could see them move up. If Florida were to lose a game like to Kentucky this weekend, yeah, you'd see them move to five, you know, and that's as high as they go. Now, on top of that, then if you see a Notre Dame lose, then all of a sudden, you know, you start saying, well, where's the replacement? Somebody will then move up. I think they would be stuck at five personally. Yeah. Uh, it would take a calamity of events. Well, let me even let me let me even say this, Chris, in the event of a calamity like Notre Dame losing before the ACC championship game, let's say Notre Dame loses to North Carolina this Mm -hmm. weekend. Okay, Um, let's say North Carolina, you know, let's let's say there's a hiccup. Don't you think the college football playoff committee would rank Miami with one loss ahead of Cincinnati, assuming that like Miami plays against Clemson in the ACC title game. Uh, I just think that, you know, you're going to have to favor that. What happens if, and, and it's all what ifs, and that's what we do when we get to the college football playoffs. It's all what ifs. Um, you know, Oregon wins their next three games and they finish six and zero, and they win, you know, they're, they're impressive. And the PAC 12 has a title game and they blow out whoever they play in the PAC 12 title game. And I'm not saying that they deserve to be there, but you know, maybe that maybe they get some love. Uh, I, I just think that there's a lot going against this Cincinnati team. Um, and it has, I, nothing, I, I, it has nothing to do with the fact that I lost I lost on them for taking a knee <laughs> on the yard line uh, last week. You know, hey, hey, a 10-point win against UCF looks a lot better than a three-point win. I'm just saying. Uh, but, no, uh, I think that as much as I really like that team and I have a lot of respect for Luke Fickle, um, too much going against them. Look, I, I think a one-loss Indiana would, would rank – would eventually move up. In other words, if Indiana proves to kind of be the second best looking team mm-hmm. in the Big Ten, 
And, you know, remember, that's how that's – I mean, I think that's interesting to see how that will play out. What if Northwestern beats Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game by a field goal? Oh, oh Ohio State in? That one loss? Oh, I, a, 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 a one-loss Ohio State will be – I mean, yeah. I, now, yeah. Ohio State's schedule is not real strong, but, no, I, I just – I don't see a scenario. I think Indiana with one loss. I think mm-hmm. Northwestern with one loss. I think certainly Ohio State with one loss. You mentioned Oregon, although – how many games is Oregon going to play? I think yeah. you nailed it with Miami. I think Miami with one loss would end up, you know, if Notre Dame falls, you're right. You got Notre Dame, you got Miami, both, that they're in a position based upon their schedule. Look, folks, it's it's not about giving people a chance. Um, you've And it's tough to earn it unless you get a chance. In our current system, it's picking the four best. And the reality is, unless you have a schedule that is unusual playing at least two teams out of conference, that's really strong. It is hard to even make a claim, which is why I think it's still difficult in our current system. It's why I've said it before. You know, if you had a situation where you could play more of these games against, you know, good teams, and then you could use the bowl games as an extension of the regular season. And whether it's a Central Florida or Cincinnati or BYU, whomever, end up, you know, in a bowl game, and then you pick the teams after the bowl games, then that's really the only way they can prove it because the body of the work of their regular season is just not good enough. It's not their fault, but you can't give them something just because you think they might. You just... To me, I look at them, I think they're good. I let the eyeball test tell me, in my opinion, AM's better. My opinion's Florida's better. In my opinion, Indiana's better. My opinion, Oregon's better. My opinion, Miami would beat them. Um, now, you know, my opinion, Georgia would beat them. But I don't know that with two losses, I don't know that I would put Georgia ahead of them. But you know, I don't necessarily look at them and say, oh, poor them. I, I look at them and say their record is really good, but I think they're a lot better teams. And until we have a different system that's going to allow for the best group of five team, I don't think there's any real argument on it at all. Yeah, and I love your system that we've talked about. And, and uh, you know, Kevin brings it up that we need to do the Landry system. Uh, and I've talked about it. You've talked about it for years. Play the bowl games first. You just mentioned it. This way you can have Cincy and, and other teams go up against top-tier teams. Play the bowl games and then choose your top four. Or, heck, choose your top two. But at least hey. you get to eliminate some of these teams by pinning them against each other, whereas the schedule doesn't allow you to right now. Yeah, you want to know how Cincinnati would match up against AM, Florida, Indiana, Oregon, Miami? <laughs> Let them play. That's a pretty simple way to do it if you think about it. I mean, there's, and every year it's going to be different teams. You don't know who it's going to be, and you don't know how the schedules are going to play out. That's why you take the bowl system to use the body of work of the season to get you to the point, okay, here are the teams that had the best years. Let's put them in these really good matchups and then just we'll evaluate them after that. Yeah, it it makes too much sense, and I don't know why they're not doing it. You would only extend the season by one week, really. 
because you're you know you play the national championship game on the week after New Year's anyway. So. Well, I, I'm I'm a believer in of course we're it's a different calendar, but we we miss we don't use December, Scott. Mm-hmm. When we have a we have the conference championship week, then we have a, a a week that we just give to Army Navy, which I got no problem to give the the same system. But the week after that, when we start those first. You know, like a, a we have a first Saturday and we have a, maybe one or two bowl games. That's when you would start the masses of bowl games during mm-hmm. the weekend and then during the week. And we just have bowl games, bowl games, bowl games. And you can still have your semifinals on New Year's Day. What you do is you'd, you'd still have the, the four major bowl games on New Year's Day. And after that, it doesn't mean that you pick the four winners of New Year's bowl games you might have somebody outside of that you think is one of the four best but yeah. you'd still have it all end up on january 1st and then to me on the january 2nd or ever you wanted it third you know you pick your playoffs then and so the schedule on when you play would still be about the 15th of january uh and have the you know what i would have is just like you said a little bit of an extension because then you'd have the semifinals maybe you know a week later and then you know uh or depending on when january 1st would end uh, it always is a mm-hmm. different day you know go to not the you know the the following saturday but the, the saturday so it could be a week and a half and then you have the semifinals a week later you, you know you'd have it so yeah it'd be one week later and that's no to me that's no big deal at all and um i just think that would make a lot of sense and it would keep a lot of the maybe the bowl game traditions yeah. keep the bowl games alive you'd have a lot more players play in it uh right now it's a mess i mean we got we got guys that are now leaving in the season and anyway, wait to the bowl games and the mm-hmm. bowl games are you know you don't even have guys that, that even want to play in it um it's it's not a good system that we have nope not at all. Uh, let's get to the games this week because uh, it starts with, you know, we have, you know, Thanksgiving games, but Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving is, you know, pretty much a full slate of college football. And mm-hmm. it's great. It's one of my favorite days of the year, Chris. Um, you know, go out and play your turkey bowl with your friends and uh, be socially distanced, do what you got to do, uh, throw the pigskin around if you can uh, in the morning while being safe. But then, you know, you better get home for those noon kickoffs because Friday is just like a Saturday. And we got a lot of great games. Uh, Iowa State, Texas. That's the big kickoff there on ABC. It's a noon kickoff on Saturday. Two ranked teams. Um, You know, I think that could be a fun high scoring game between uh, Sam Ellinger and Brock Purdy there. Well, and listen, I mean, Big 12 is at stake here. I mean, Iowa State's in real good position there. They're the leader right now. I mean, you go into Thanksgiving weekend. Iowa State leading the Big 12. I mean, let that sink in. Um, yeah, six and one. Just impressive. Yet Texas is in a position perhaps to still win the Big 12. I mean, there things could happen. But um, so, no, I think it ought to be a real interesting game. And, you know, can Texas at home this big moment, can they score enough points? It's, you know, that's this Ellinger and – you know, against a really well-coached Iowa State team and Iowa State defense. It's going to be a lot of fun, no no question about it. Uh, I'm excited about this one. I like Iowa State in that matchup. Um, I think they're more complete than Texas No doubt right they, now. They play better, no question. Uh, the big game, of course, is the Notre Dame-North Carolina matchup. North Carolina definitely has the offense to go toe-to-toe with Notre Dame. 
they have the most explosive offense in college football. If you look at explosive net plays, uh, they lead the nation, Chris. They can score, you know, on any given snap. Uh, but Notre Dame, we know how good their pass defense has been throughout the season. Um, they did give up a ton of points uh, in that Boston College game, something that you and I expected to happen. Now they have to go on the road, face a well-coached North Carolina team that has a very, very good offense. This is, yeah. this is a sneaky one. Yeah, it is, because what are you really getting out of North Carolina? And I think you're going to get the good North Carolina. I still can't get out of my mind how North Carolina came out mm. and played against Florida State. And it was mm. like, whoa. Well, and, Matt Brown came out, came out all week, and he said, you know, uh, that maybe the, the rankings got to his kids. That yeah, they you didn't, know, they man, didn't. He's like, they didn't, they didn't deserve to be ranked that high. Um, you know, they were comfortable going into that game. Yeah, I mean, his press conferences after that game were just <laughs> he was that was he was not happy, Matt Brown. <laughs> well, and it's it's interesting because you just I don't I think that they will play their best. Now, what is their best? Sam Howell is a big-time playmaker, he's a big-time winner, he's a big-time clutch guy. They do have a lot of offense. Get an early lead on Notre Dame, this could get interesting because get Notre Dame playing from behind and uh, getting out of their rhythm. Now, Notre Dame's got some injuries on their offensive line and getting those guys back healthy or pivotal. Notre Dame's better at the line of scrimmage. I think they can control the football. I don't like this North Carolina defense. I don't at all. I think Notre Dame could move the football. I think they yep. can control the game. I think they can score points. Um, I think they can get some explosive plays. I just think Notre Dame's the better team here. I think North Carolina's one-dimensional, and that dimension's going to have to be really on. They're going to have to be sharp, score early, uh, score often, and they're going to have to find a way to get Notre Dame to make some mistakes. Notre Dame makes some mistakes, turns the football over, that's where you have your chance of an upset. Uh, I, other than that, I just like, you know, the solid play of the Irish here. Yeah, and you're right. The North Carolina defense does leave a lot to, to be desired. Um, also on that Friday is the Civil War. Oregon and Oregon State, Chris. Uh, always a fun game. This year it's in Corvallis. Yeah, and listen, um, we hadn't had a much of a chance to talk about Pac-12 because they've not played a whole lot. Jonathan Smith has done a good job. I thought he did a good job last year. I thought his teams played well. Um, you know, I, I talked a lot about uh, Jake Lutton um, when he was at. Now he's in the NFL with the yep. Jags, but he played so well. And I think Jonathan Smith at his alma mater, former quarterback there at Oregon State's done a really good job. And I don't know how many people know it. This Oregon team's, you know, more talented. They're going to win this game, I would think. Uh, and probably win it going away. Um, it's always a little emotional. I can't get idea that don't want to call it the Civil War this year. Boy, the political rec- correctness is a little mm-hmm. bit out of whack. But, um, you know, it's it's if Oregon's going to have any chance, they've got to play well. It's a stage. They've got to look good, and they've got to be unbeaten and look good. And, you know, I haven't ruled them out of any of these rankings, but they've got to earn their way into it. Uh, they're outside looking in right now, and uh, I don't think there's much of a chance for a Pac-12 team, but particularly the way this is headed. I mean, they're not – I'm just worried about them having enough games. So I'm at least glad, you know, we don't have the Apple Cup. So we've got at least the – I'm still going to call it the Civil War. It should be real interesting. Stanford Cal play for the Axe. 
going to be interesting as well. Um, I don't know. I tell you what I'm I'm looking at is, gosh almighty, we've talked about some problems in the Big Ten. Michigan, this looks awful. Penn State with James Franklin struggling, but James is going to be back. The Michigan situation is a mess. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you that that in that same category is Nebraska. I mean, Illinois just took them behind the woodshed. I mean, they said, we're going to come and slap you in the face, and there's not <laughs> a damn thing you're going to do about it. They did it and did it again. I mean, how embarrassing. And Well, I, I got to be honest with you, Chris. They're going to get embarrassed again on Friday. Well, that's why I'm bringing them yeah, up. I was, I that's, was bringing, that's why I'm line. bringing this yeah. game up. Iowa's offensive line. They dominated against Penn State, and they can. That's just three games in a row now. They started off slow, but that's understandable the way the season is. But the past three games, their offensive line has absolutely dominated these games. They're rushing for over 230 yards a game. Um, You realize that Iowa has taken a halftime lead in all five of their games this year. They start fast. They start fast. They finish strong. And, yeah, you're right. Nebraska's going to get embarrassed again this on, on Friday. There's no question about it. Um, my concern, though, and the reason why I bring this game out is not to, ooh, you got to watch this, and maybe there's this big upset. I'm not <laughs> selling that. What I'm selling is I'm really concerned. I'm concerned about Michigan and Penn State mm-hmm. and Nebraska. They really are looking like they're all letting go of the rope. It's looking like they're quitting, and I – yeah, we've got real that. concerns about that. And so do they respond here? And this is a game, again, you mentioned it, and I agree with you. I think Friday is, you know, I don't know if if, if a lot of men or a lot of people do the old Black Friday thing, and I, I never I never have done that, of course, with football, but never would do it anyway. A lot of eyeballs are going to be – a lot of eyeballs are going to be on this game. Now, more are going to be on Iowa State, Texas, but um, this is interesting – in that I think it's going to be center stage. And if Nebraska continues to quit, boy, this just, you know, they're not going to do anything with Scott Frost right now. And they paid him a lot of money, but man, it's, it's one of those things. They're going to be non, um, you know, like, like trying to gnaw their arm off, trying to figure out what have we gotten ourselves into and how bad can it get? I'm really concerned. That's why I bring that game up on Saturday. Um, the Iron Bowl played a little earlier this year, right? Uh, Alabama, mm-hmm. Auburn, more early in, in response to their schedule. Absolutely. Um, and, and obviously, you've got uh, an intrigue here. Auburn's playing better. Auburn's pulled up a couple of upsets. Gus has beaten Nick a couple of times now. And uh, I don't see it here, though. Um, I, I think this Alabama team is really complete. I think they're really good. I don't think this Auburn defense can match up. And it's a, what, a 24-point spread? That's all. That's high for an Iron Bowl. It's really high. And yet, I'm, 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 if, I, if you said you got to pick one, Andre, yeah. what's I'm more picking, likely to happen? Alabama is more likely I'm, to blow them out. Yeah. I'm going to lay the 24. And yet, that's kind of about where I see it. And, uh, and it could be 20, could be 21. But that's, uh, look, I think Alabama is – Definitely in the move. I, I think those two upsets over Alabama by Auburn were, you know, certainly last year. Uh, Mac Jones played pretty well, but without Tua and coming off the LSU game, and then 
you know, certainly a couple of years ago, that was a really beat up Alabama team. Look, no excuses. Auburn deserved it. But those Auburn teams and that Auburn team last year loaded on defense. I, I, mm. I don't see a path for Auburn to pull the upset. Maybe they can keep it under 24. I don't think they can win it. Well, last week, my upset play of the week was Pitt getting points against Virginia Tech. And all they did was absolutely blow out the Hokies. You had that. Um, their their offense, uh, first of all, Pitt, you look at their record and they're five and four. They're five and two with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. So they lost two games without him. Last week was his final home game because he's not going to come back next year. He's going to go to the NFL. So maybe there was something about the team rallying around him. But they were also missing what, seven start or maybe nine starters last week with the COVID stuff? Yes. Those starters will be back this week. They go to Clemson to play a team that hasn't played in a couple of weeks is, I get it, angry about <laughs> having to go to, to Tallahassee yeah. and not play a game. But I just don't think that this is going to be the blowout that the point spread dictates with Clemson laying 25 points against Pittsburgh. I think Pitt might annoy them a little bit here. Yeah, I hear that for halftime entertainment that they're flying in the Florida State Administration and Mike Norvell, and it's going to be a WWE-like uh, matchup between Dabo. No, it's uh, it's going to be – look, I, I, I agree with you. Pitt can play pretty good defense. Clemson's kind of in a nasty mood. I would not want to be playing them this week. They're angry. Uh, the, 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 the one thing about – and I, I really believe – well, I've you know, I, I do believe that the, the one thing that Clemson does better than everybody, and listen, necessity is the motherhood of invention, right? Mm -hmm. They play in the ACC, and they get their team gradually peaking towards the end of the year. And kind of like the you, know, you peak for the tournament in basketball, they do that. Well, they can afford to do that in this league. <clears throat> Having this disruption and, you know, Trevor out of game and, you know, not having last week. It's. I think it's disrupting their flow a little bit, and it's getting towards the end. And you know, they 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 definitely want to get back on track because their their focus is on getting their next shot, another shot at Notre Dame to avenge that loss. That's what they want, and you know, so they're not on path to do it. Not 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 that they're not capable of winning it. They're just not on path because they didn't get to play last week. I think they play well. I think they respond, but. I think Pittsburgh will come in and hit you in the mouth. I don't think from a physicality point, um, they don't back down. It's just a matter of what can they get done offensively. Me thinks not enough, but I am in, intrigued by and I'm looking forward to watching it. All right, any other college games you want to get to before we go to the NFL? Yeah, I, I do think, uh, a, you know, for people, might no, I don't think Kentucky can – cause problems for Florida, but Florida's defense, still a problem, still a concern there. Um, Penn State, Michigan, I, I, I know I'm bringing it up for the same reason I mentioned Nebraska. Uh, Penn State, Michigan, both look like they're quitting. Scott, somebody, yeah. something's got to give there. Um, uh, and obviously, Minnesota, Wisconsin, unfortunately, we lose that one. Colorado, USC. USC, and talked about them. What about USC? Colorado, Calderell's done a good job. USC's unbeaten. Um, they take care of business here. Um, uh, and and I'm curious to see. Just and I'm I'm gonna miss it not being on Thanksgiving night, the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, yeah. Ole Miss, the offenses, and kind of see how that plays out. Um, and M, they take care of business against LSU, uh, Oklahoma, West Virginia, a little bit of intriguing matchup there. 
Um, so those those kind of jump out at me as uh, the amongst the other games to keep an eye on. We're going to have the breakdowns on all of those games in depth at LandryFootball.com for you. Let's get to the NFL, and we'll start our conversation with a look back at last week's play of the week. And this one, Chris, uh, has to do with uh, rookie quarterback Justin Herbert, who um, is getting a lot of love for this touchdown pass in which he threw to Keenan Allen against the lowly Jets. And the reason why is, as you'll see, Chris, in, in this play, is because of when he threw the ball and take a look here as I'll expand the screen for you. Take a look at this play and when Justin Herbert throws the football. And I remember watching because I had uh, there were four or five games going on at one time. I haven't broken down this tape yet, so I'm curious to see here. Uh, yeah, nice, nice, nice escape from the pocket, which he's got good mobility here. So I'm, I'm trying, gonna to, I'm trying I'm to, gonna to stop it. I'm going to stop it here and look at let me go i, I want to go back a little bit okay let me go back and now look at keenan allen by the o in the los angeles gotcha okay and now yeah. justin herbert is about to release the football okay he there's how does he even know that keenan's gonna be open there it's unbelievable because he's not open when he throws well he almost throws him open there and that's what's really impressive. Well, it is. And I want to see it again because uh, I did remember seeing it. And I, again, haven't broken down the tape. Let's take a look at it in this angle because I've seen the other angle. And I want to see, first of all, that's naughty. I mean, that's good mobility. Boy, I like his balance there. This is tough for a guy to throw against his body so accurately. So he's throwing it, obviously. Yeah, boy, that is really something there. That is definitely throwing them open. And I think a good, obviously good um, communication from understanding of where the receiver, what they're going to do in this type. Um, you know, the other thing to to watch the route there, uh, you, you see it, boy, there's just not a whole lot there in terms of a window. Really good job. The other thing I would mention is look at how much zip he had on the ball oh, throwing yeah. against his body. When you, I mean, there is no more, I mean, they, they have no margin for error there. Boom. That's, boy, that's zipping it in. That's, that to me is more of an impressive throw there to see that clearly he was not going to release and go to the corner. Um, that's pretty impressive. Now this is again, protection's not there. I'll take care of that for you. Thank you. They're chasing him down and he's no close boy. Throwing against the body. Look at how accurate and with the zip to get it in there. Very, very impressive. Uh, the future is really good. Um, I was uh, concerned because of how they've been able to finish out and play the Georgia team. Yeah. Thank God for your Jets because they, <laughs> they, they had no problem with them. And, uh, uh, the Jets are, are, are great medicine for what ails just about anybody. But no, this is an this is impressive and and shows all you know about the guy's awareness, about the guy's athleticism, the ability to throw the football against his body. Um, the the you know the future there is just so good, immense talent, bright guy. You you talk about getting a coach in there that can really put a good offense together and, and develop this guy. 
What's Holy mac. Yeah. Oh, what's that, amazing that, that, is, look, his footwork's incredible. He holds on to the ball with two hands, which you love. And he's keeping his eyes down the field. Chris, when he rolls out here, he could take off running. He's got he can get to at least the five yard line right now, especially if the underneath receiver blocks the defender. He might be able to run for a touchdown here, but he keeps his eyes down the field. No, there's no there's no question that he's that he can run to the corner and 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 he'd have to kind of put his head down. You're right. No, there's no question about it. And look, I mean, it's a it's a gutsy throw, one that uh, you probably ill-advised. What I'm impressed by is just how accurate and how, with how much zip across the body. Oof. That's that's just that is not it's not what you advise there. That is that's very uh, difficult. Um, great future with this guy. Um, I think, frankly, uh, while the intangibles, um. We're certainly more with Burrow and Tua. Th- this guy, is, his future's as bright as those two, if not yeah. greater. And I'm going to say it again, with a really good coach, if they get their Sean McVay in, in Los Angeles with the Chargers, man, that's going to be a lot of fun. That the, the Putting the talent around this guy with this focus, they've got something that everybody wants as a franchise quarterback. Shout out to Joe Burrow. Awful news for him. Mm-hmm. Um at this point, it's less than 50-50 that he's going to play at any point in 2021. That's a 12-month injury, so we probably won't see him to 2022 um, with a with a significant um, ACL, MCL, MCL tears, and PCL damage and some yeah. other damage. Uh, very, very difficult. So, well, that's what Rich uh, asks us. Where do the Bengals go from here now that Joe Burrow's out? And do they look for somebody for next year? Maybe a veteran, you know, Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll have to look at it because, I mean, again, uh, they feel they've got their quarterback of the future, but they're mm-hmm. not going to see him to 2022. The difficult part of it is he'll come back. He'll work hard. They do great things medically. But the worst thing is that, and I always say this, he's going to have to work to get healthy. And while he can study film when he's not rehabbing, he can't work physically on his timing, on his mm-hmm. throwing, on his footwork. He can't do all those things. So in 2022, he's going to be like a rookie again in some respects. So I just, you know, feel awful for the whole situation. But, yeah, I think that they'll probably look um, for a veteran to mm-hmm. kind of hold the fort. They need to get better, yeah. obviously, next year um, to be competitive and to continue to build a team around him. And, and uh, again, that's a team that's already, you know, looking for 2022, which is that's a tough position to be mm-hmm. in, to be selling to your fan base. Uh, Kevin wants to know why the Falcons offensive line had no answer for the Saints pass rush. And also with that Saints game, I'll add in uh, your thoughts on Taysom Hill at quarterback. Well, the Falcons have had a hard time with protection issues for some time. Um, I think the Saints do a good job with their counter move. The Saints pass rush is very underrated. Um, you know, but if you look at the Falcons with their offensive game plan, I mean, they've, they've got to run the football better and run better play action. They they really struggle from a pass protection standpoint. I and mean, there's no question about it. The issue was not schematically what they're doing. They got beat by guys in crossover moves that just killed them. They're not – they're young. 
on the offensive line, they're just not good, and that's a big part of the problem, and it has been part of the problem for the Falcons for some time. I thought that Sean Payton had a great game plan with Taysom Hill. I thought they did a really good job. I thought he did an outstanding job. I thought that certainly it took a little while for some of the passing game element to to come in, but, there, but he made some throws that look, getting it out on time, Here's what uh, would be my concern is, okay, now they go to Denver, and Denver's tougher on the road. They've got that, you know, certainly with the Bucks lost, they've got the division in hand, mm-hmm. but they're fighting for the number one spot. And I still think <clears throat> that over time they're, they're, they may need Winston and Hill to get through these games because mm-hmm. I think getting what they need to is get – to the playoffs with the number one seed, if at all possible. And that's going to be tough to do with these two quarterbacks. So when Drew Brees comes back, then, you know, then, then they can be in that position. Cause I think if they're in that position, they're in the playoffs, but they're in the early round play on the road. I just don't like the chances, but I'm going to tell you that defense is playing as good as anybody in the yeah. NFC right now. And um, I think if they can get through it, I don't think Sean Payton gets enough credit, man. You know, and I know it's Atlanta. Let's see him do it the rest of the schedule. But the schedule was favorable here the next few games out uh, to maybe they can do it. Uh, but but the number one seed's the key. And obviously with the loss to the Colts by the Packers, it helps the cause a little bit. Uh, so we'll see if they can hold on to it. Let's get to our preview here of uh, week 12, and we start with our Thanksgiving triple header, uh, the historic Lions and Cowboys games. Uh, we start the Lions, the 1230 Eastern time kickoff. We'll be hosting the Texans. Uh, Lions are an underdog in this one, but in, you know the old saying, right? Don't bet against the Lions on Thanksgiving. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> maybe they play better here. Gosh, they looked bad last week. Um, Houston, Matt Patricia's on the hot seat, Chris. There's oh, no, there's, you, you, no other way around it. There's, there's no question. He's hotter than, than some of the turkeys coming out of the oven. <laughs> it's, it's just, uh, I, I, you know, Houston did a good job against the Patriots, but I don't, I don't really trust them. And look, other than the fact that they do play well on Thanksgiving, I can't hang my hat on anything that Detroit's doing at this point. But I'm yeah. not overly impressed by Houston. Um, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. I don't know why, but uh, listen, if the trip to fan kicks in, folks, be fair to <laughs> feel free to take a nap during this one. Take a nap because you want to be awake for the for the primetime game if it happens. We'll get to that in just oh, a second. But, but let's oh. let's get into the Cowboys game. The Cowboys looked real good last week against the Vikings in a surprising game. And uh, watch out at three and seven. Uh, Dallas still alive in that division. Heck, everybody's alive in that division. Everybody's alive in the division. This is going to be for the lead in, in, in kind of a, a pillow fight-esque matchup of neither team's going nowhere. You still got a chance to win the division, and you're right. This is – it's it, it, there's a lot at stake because, I mean, the winner here has got a shot in the division. That in and of itself is enough to get excited about this game and if nothing else, to see who's going to lose it, see who's going to play. Hey, give give Dallas a little bit of credit for coming back to take care of business. And yep. there again, winning at home, uh, two weeks, two wins in a week, be huge for the Cowboys if they're able to pull it off. All right, I mentioned uh, if this game even happens, COVID concerns galore with the Baltimore Ravens who are getting positive tests. Um, as of right now, as we sit here on Tuesday evening, uh, the game is on. 
Ravens and the Steelers from Heinz Field, your Thanksgiving night uh, nightcap. If they do play this game, will the Steelers improve to 11 and 0, Chris? I think they will. Uh, I like the matchup here. Gosh, I, I don't want to use the term disaster, but God, the league sweating this one out to have their primetime game on Thanksgiving night. And such a possibly. good and such a good game too between two division rivals. I mean, it's one thing if it's a Sunday game at noon or at three where there's other games. This is like, oh, there's nothing they can do. And you know, they're gonna try to I mean, look, they're not gonna skirt any issues, but man, they're gonna try to do everything they can to put the pressure to get this game going on. Look, mm-hmm. I love Pittsburgh's matchup here. Um, you know, I think Baltimore's so one-dimensional. I like this Pittsburgh team. Um, I, you know, we, we history tells us they're not going unbeaten, but they're going to be focused at home. I think they're going to play well here, and I think that it's going to be difficult, particularly with if Baltimore plays. I mean, the game goes on. I mean, Ingram's not playing. Dobbins is not playing. I just don't see that Baltimore is going to be able to pull it off here. So I think Pittsburgh takes care of business here. All right, let's move on to Sunday. The Raiders off a tough loss against the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Falcons in Atlanta. Listen, I like the way this Raider team's playing. I mean, so what a I. game. What a game Sunday night. What a game Monday uh, night. Uh, really good matchups. Raider team's good team. The offense is clicking into gear. The defense has still got some issues they've got to work through. This Atlanta team's got some real struggles here. Um you know, look, the Raiders are in a in a playoff chase, a playoff race. It's a game you got to win if you're them. Let's move on. The Chargers at the Bills. Um, you know, this is one in which, you know, I'm thinking about the Chargers and thinking about what they're able to do and um and and get done in this game. They had the win last week. I just don't trust them here. Buffalo's solid team at home. Starting to get a little bit healthy, playing better on defense. You know, this is the division race is in, is in their sights. Um, got a one-game lead with Miami's loss last week, like Buffalo here at home. The Giants fresh off their bye, take on the Bengals, who uh, looks like will be Ryan Finley, I assume, as the starting quarterback. Yeah, that's where they're going to head. Uh, Giants, you know, playing you know, decent by their stand. I mean, by their standards, get playing better. I mean, just put it that way. They take care of business when this at home. I, I don't want to be overly confident with the Giants here, but I I like their chances here. Uh, one of the games of the week: Titans and Colts from Indy. Chris, hey, look, uh, we saw it. You know, we said, hey, this is going to be interesting. We'll see these these games twice in two weeks. Um, you know, Tennessee with the big win last week. Um, you know, this is for the division. I mean, the Colts win this. I mean, they essentially got a two-game lead because they'll have the tiebreaker here. Good win last time. They play well against Tennessee. This Colts team's playing well. The Titans pull it off like the Colts at this point. And um, certainly with the way their defense is playing, this Colts defense is playing really good and, um, you know, can keep Phillip from, you know, not not turning it to the other jersey, you know that, that's the whole key. But at home here, I like the Colts here. I just I like them against Tennessee. They've had a lot of success in recent years. Panthers at the Vikings. Still no word on the status of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, no status there. Minnesota lost a chance. They won a on a real roll here. Look, you build yourself a big to that big of a hole. You 
got to beat Dallas last week. You got to beat Carolina this week for any hopes here. You think they take care of business here. At least I would expect that they would, but you know, uh, at this stage, um, they, you know, they've dug themselves such a hole. They're the better team here. Carolina is a tough out though. Cardinals at the Patriots. Man, the Patriots uh, certainly got knocked off uh, last week, and I thought they would play better. They didn't. Um, they'll have a good defensive game plan, I would think, with Arizona. I just think they're down too much personnel. Cardinals just too inconsistent, a little undisciplined. Um, but I like the Cardinals. So I think they're the better team, the more explosive team here. The Dolphins at the Jets. Uh, is this the game that's going to stand in the way of the Jets going 0-16? Uh, well, maybe it could, I don't know. I mean, you know, certainly the history of these two teams always interesting. Um, a lot of intriguing games throughout the years. I, you know, Miami, what are you doing? Um, last week I thought they missed an opportunity. Um, I think they get back here. You, you think the jets are going to figure it out, going to win one. This is certainly a candidate, but I'm curious to see what, what the dolphins do here, you know, mm-hmm. two back on track. I mean, I, this this would be so Miami to go back and lose back to back after you know getting everybody yeah. up. Uh, get back on track here, Miami. You're the better team here. I'm not pulling for them, but I you know just certainly that's what you got to do if you're in their position. The Browns at the Jaguars. Ooh, break up the Browns. The seven <laughs> and three Browns go eight and three. I think they do. They're playing good ball and uh, excited to see what they can do right now. They'd be in a wild card, certainly. Um, the Steelers are kind of running away with the division, but this Browns team, 7-3, and three, very, very impressive. The Saints at the Broncos. Yeah, look, Denver plays a lot better at home. There's no certainly. question about that. I think we saw that. Uh, this is not a given here, and you wonder about can they make enough plays, the Saints that is offensively. Uh, Denver can be very pesky on defense. This game's a little bit tricky. This is the type of game that could get uh, the Saints here. So I'm curious mm-hmm. to see the game plan and curious to see what they're able to get done offensively here. I think defensively they'll play pretty well on the road here, but I think it's a close one. I think it's a four-quarter game. 49ers at the Rams. Yeah, the Rams are playing good ball. Um you know, the Niners are just beat up. Um, the Rams all of a sudden, uh, look at them. Boy, they're, they're, you start to start looking at the seeding. Um, it would be right now the Rams a little bit of an edge. They win the time break over uh, Green Bay percentage-wise in conference games. So, you know, looking at the Rams, uh, I like their chances here at home. Uh, you'd think this one would be Sunday night, but maybe they were just saying, hey, we can't have Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes on every single primetime game. So <laughs> uh, they're going to play at 425. That is the Chiefs and the Bucks. It could also just be because CBS does get to protect the game every now and then, and they probably wanted to protect this game so they could have Nance and uh, and Romo on it. But, hey, Chiefs, Bucks, the Bucks, they lose these marquee matchups. You know, loss to the Saints, loss to the Rams, and now they're at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and I don't like their chances here. Kansas City, you know, I think Bucks, Bucks will end up being 7-5 and five after this week, I think. Yeah. And that's a desperation wow. situation, and they really needed to win on Monday night. You mentioned their struggles there. Um, just Kansas City is just tough to beat. I mean, they have to be off their game. You know, the Bucks defense at times plays pretty well. It's just so tough to defend this Kansas City offense for mm-hmm. four quarters. Yeah. Um, you, you know, I think, you know, there's a chance that you can – get the off the run game going if you Tampa and maybe have a chance to win it in a shootout game at home. But boy, this is, this gets really tricky. If you start to look at the bucks, 
Uh, they go seven and five. I mean, um, you you start having a scramble and a wonder. You know, they could they, the playoffs could slip through their the cracks a mm-hmm. little bit. This is that's why it was so tough when they lost to the Saints. Yeah, and they lose to the Rams. I mean, it doesn't get any easier. I, I just think the Chiefs are really. You know, I, I still think that they're better than the Steelers. It's just about if you can catch them in an off game. I think they take care of business on the road here against the Bucks. The Bears at the Packers Sunday night football from Lambeau. Yeah, I just, you know, the Bears offense, they just can't get anything going. I think Green Bay gets back on track here. Lost the tough one last week, obviously, against Indianapolis. I think they get back on track at home. Um, and and certainly get back and uh and they hope for the number one seed in the NFC. And then finally, Monday Night Football, the Battle of the Birds, Seahawks and Eagles. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to get excited at all about the Eagles. They're just making so many mistakes. And the Mm -hmm. Seattle team has got issues of their own, not playing well. This is a game they'll win, if nothing else, that the quarterback's going to allow them enough big plays. That's going to be the difference here. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a matchup in which it's pretty easy in my mind, even on the road, uh, the long trip that they need to make. So what do you have for us on LandryFootball.com this week? All the film breakdowns of all of these games in detail. We'll give you the games within the games, the matchups. Uh, we'll break them down for you, as well as all the college matchups. We'll break them down by conference. And then, of course, the top matchups will have single focus. We'll tell you about who's graded out, best players and best teams, um, and how they grade out to this point. We break down going into the game and then coming out of the games how things look. So we provide all that for you at LandryFootball.com. No no rest of the weary. We'll continue to work through Thanksgiving weekend with all the games breaking it down for you. So check it out at LandryFootball.com. Great gift idea, uh, but take advantage of the discount that we have on LandryFootball.com. It's less than $10 a month. It's even cheaper than that if you get the 12-month subscription, so take advantage of it. Also take advantage of the special gaming offer we've got from American Betting Experts. So uh, we've got all those breakdowns, but we've got an opportunity for you to get a real good uh, advantage of uh, some free money coming along with your bet. So check it out. Yep, it's all at LandryFootball.com. We appreciate you watching to watching us on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. You can watch all the videos, not just this show, all of the shows that we offer on the Twitch channel. And also subscribe to the podcast, Landry Football's Conference Call, wherever you get your podcasts from, so you can take us on your mobile device and listen to us wherever and whenever. Uh, follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball. You can follow me at Scott's on Air. And we'll be back Tuesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time, live on Twitch with a new edition of the Football Film Room Podcast. Until then, have a very happy, healthy, and a safe Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, Chris. Take care, Scott. Happy Thanksgiving. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. 
Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.